You're listening to the Nice Girls CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Benavidez, and I am so passionate about women and maybe a few good men too, who are ready to live on purpose and make an impact. So if you want to be a leader in the world and build a business that makes a difference, and you want to be bold and confident so you can show up and stand out, then this is the place to be. Ready? Let's go. With all the noise online around how to start your business, how to get it going right, and even if you've been in business for a couple of years and maybe you haven't gotten the traction that you want, I know it can be overwhelming to decide who to follow, where to start, what program to join to really make the best decisions that are going to get your business in business. So today we have a guest, Sophia Sunwu. She has been an entrepreneur since her early days of college has sold businesses and worked with nonprofits, and she has some successful strategies on how to get your business started right. She's going to share some traps to avoid, when to know about hiring, and all kinds of great stuff that's going to help you get started right. So grab a pen, grab a drink, and join us. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode. Really excited for our chat today. This is especially for you people who are newer in business or just getting ready to start. You know, you've maybe fell into this entrepreneurial world and you're ready to get going. This is going to be for you today. I have a guest expert who is the founder of Ascent Strategy, Sophia Senwu. I'm so excited to welcome you, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I'm really excited to chat. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. And I love that you started really young, so you can tell us about that. But I know you sold your first company at only 22. So that's so impressive. Tell us about a bit about your background, how you got started and where you're at today. Yeah, so I've been an entrepreneur for pretty much my whole life. So this is my third business that I currently have. Uh, my first business, I started with my college roommate. She and I loved going to punk rock concerts when we were young. And our biggest complaint was all of the concerts we'd go to, all the band t-shirts were made to look good on men, but not on women. So yeah. we were you know, putting our thinking caps on and basically just created a business of clothing that we wanted to wear. And we sold our clothing at our first big music festival. And I guess we just really struck a chord and really addressed a strong pain point amongst women. And the clothing just flew off the shelves. And from there, it was just, you know, an intense roller coaster ride. We had two people trying to buy us out like the first year of our business. We had Miley Cyrus wearing one of our hoodies in People magazine. We ended up in 250 retailers, including Hot Topic and Zoomies. So it really all um, snowballed really, really quickly. And, um, you know, it was kind of an accident. It kind of just came from this passion of wanting to address a pain point that we personally felt. And thankfully, I had the opportunity to learn so much about business and hustling and getting all this work done in a short amount of time while I was also in school. So uh, it really, really built a great foundation for my career moving forward. And because I was still in college, I was beginning to discover who I wanted to be and the work that I wanted to do. And so we ended up selling the company because 
my co-founder and I had different, you know, paths that we wanted to explore. I was getting really interested in how we can use social impact and blend that with business and just create like a beautiful solution for these huge problems that we're facing in the world. So yeah, with my second business, you know, my co-founder had been working in water projects since he was 15. He worked in Kenya and Southeast Asia. And he was looking for a co-founder to help him build this water organization. And me being an entrepreneur and having built a business before, it was a perfect synergy. And that was really incredible because it allowed me to really practice what I learned in college was how can I use design, business, social impact, bring all these worlds together and see what kind of great multidisciplinary solutions we can create. So I had the opportunity to work in like Cameroon and India as a result with that company. And we ended up building out like a six person team in Cameroon and really, really uh, grew me as like a project manager. I've never encountered more difficult project management issues than working with the political system and the socioeconomic Mm. challenges in a low income community. So that was really wonderful. But yeah, after doing that for about six years, I think I have a lot of respect for people who are in the nonprofit space. It takes a lot of not only intellectual power, but also emotional strength to juggle all these different components of working on like these really, really difficult social issues and seeing people dying and children dying. That's really hard. So you know, I realized I wasn't really cut out for that work. And with my current business, Ascent Strategy, I really wanted to take the lessons I've learned in the past 14 years and empower women to step into these ideas they have in their head of different businesses that they want to grow. But for a lot of women, there's a lot of, lot of obstacles for us. And my mission has been to speed up that process so that we can catch up. So empowering women to build these businesses, but do it quickly and filter through all the noise out there because there's a lot of bad information as far as the best way to build a business and make money off of it. So, you know, I want to help women step into their sovereignty and really catch up to men, to be frank, because I do think that the startup world has benefited and favored a lot of men when it comes to having their businesses succeed in the startup space. Gotcha. That's so impressive. I'm curious to know, what was your favorite punk rock band when you started out? (laughs) Oh my gosh, my favorite punk rock band was just like this tiny band from New Jersey called The Early November. So that was one of my favorites. And yeah, there was like bands like Paramore, which were really small back then, but are now, you know, in recent years have been really big. So yeah, those were some of my favorites. Love it. I wasn't actually in uh, into punk rock, but I had some friends that were. So I'm just curious to okay. if heard of <laughs> heard of them. My husband likes that kind of music as well. But yeah. so fun. Well, let's dive in because I agree. I think it's so important that we are starting our businesses, going after our dreams. You know, fulfilling this like passion project behind, you know, whatever it is that we're starting. And then sometimes we don't really know where to go or where to start and it gets really overwhelming. So there is a lot of advice out there and, you know, get this freebie and no, start here and no, this is what you need. So 
to me, it all comes down to making the decision of what works best for you and then actually taking action. Because I think there are a lot of things that work, but it only works when you're actually doing them and you're committed to it. So, you know, with that though, I'd love to hear what you want to share today about really how to get started off on the right foot. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, you know, if I'm thinking back to like the way beginning stages of starting a business, I think, you know, a big mistake or kind of like a place where a lot of new business owners waste a lot of time is they get stuck in this like proof of concept stage of is my business the right idea to pursue? Is it going to be successful? And they kind of perseverate of like, is it going to be successful in that question, which is an impossible question to answer unless you actually do it. So um, I see a lot of entrepreneurs like go out and do customer surveys and try to get feedback on an idea. But I always tell people, when you are asking people questions about a business you're trying to build, like people always want to see you succeed. So they're going to tell you what you want to hear. What's more factual to me is if I actually create a mini version of the product or service I want to sell and actually see if that person will take out their wallet and buy it. So that to me is more useful information. So I always encourage a lot of new business owners to sure like the surveys and the initial market research is important, but honestly, like if you are not that deep in whatever problem you're trying to solve, like if you're not an existing customer of the problem you're trying to solve, then you probably have no business trying to create a a product or service for that industry Mm because you just don't have enough personal knowledge to steward that type of solution. So yeah, I always encourage people like just dive in and create some kind of mini version of the product or service, put it up on Instagram. Like Instagram is a great sales floor. You don't need to create a website. Like I know Instagram brands that are million dollar brands and they still don't have a website. So I I encourage people, I encourage people to skip those Sure, do like some research, but really skip through that as quickly as you can and just get straight to selling. And once you've hit about 10 to 20K in sales that are not from your friends and family, that's your proof of concept right there. Love it. All right. So what are some of like mistakes that you see happen early on that we can avoid by listening to this podcast (laughs) for one? And, uh, you know, really be able to start off stronger because, I mean, we all make mistakes in the beginning and that is how we learn. So I don't want to encourage people to not make mistakes, but what are some of the things that we can maybe skip over or have go a little more smoothly for us if we're just getting started? Yeah, definitely. I think that one big thing is kind of listening And taking, there's so much, as I was saying before, there's so much bad advice out there as far as like the things you should do when you're first starting a business. I think the biggest mistake I see is there's a lot of advice of, oh, if you're starting a new business, you have to create a business plan. You need to put in a trademark. You need to put your brand up on every single social media platform. To me, those are big paths that you can avoid if it's not a fit for you. So for example, business plans are... Most people, most businesses can get away with like a five page business plan, if I'm being completely honest, because the business plan's purpose is to serve as a guide for you and to just keep you on track. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people for some reason have the misconception that they need like a 20 page business plan. 
create something really crazy. But the truth is the only people that need that are those who are asking for investment. And even within that pool of people that are asking for investment, the only people that have any business writing a 20 page business plan is if they have investors lined up. So that's a big mistake I see people make you know, like doing the trademark thing, I kind of see the first year of your business as like an experimental stage. Don't tell people to rush into trademarking because you really don't even know yet if your proof of concept or your business idea is going to take off. So why would you invest a ton of time and money in a hypothetical idea? So that's one thing. Um, I think that also with the social media stuff, what entrepreneur, the mindset that they should be adopting in the first year is bang for the buck. I think that you should be really focusing on how can I excel on one or two platforms because that's actually the formula and approach that you need to take in order to succeed on any audience building social platform right now. You know, places like Instagram, places like TikTok, like you really are not going to do well unless you put all of your energy into that one platform. So that's another thing I say, don't open a business account on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and then wonder why you're not building an audience. It's because you're splitting yourself into multiple directions on platforms that have completely different requirements of strategy. That's not the point in your first year. Your point in the first year is to just prove your concept, make 10 to 20K. And once you have that proof of concept, that's when you can start thinking about expanding and growing your presence on these different platforms. So I think like- talk about that a lot as well. I think also too, it's important not to be everywhere because your audience isn't necessarily going to be everywhere. So that's also another mistake or another reason to not go to every single social platform. Yeah. And I think what all those boiled down to is like an obsession with officialness in the first year. So like get yourself out of the brain space of wanting to be official because, you know, all of us in the first year have an insecurity of like, oh my gosh, no one's going to take me seriously because this is a new thing. But as a result, you end up taking actions that aren't for your benefit to hit the ground running and see traction in the business in the first year. Totally. So what are some other things like to focus on in the first year? Obviously it is the proof of concept and really focusing on getting those sales early on so that you can get to that next level. But what are some other really important pieces that you need to incorporate in the first year? Yeah. So I think brand voice and perspective is really important. I think that no matter the amount of effort that you expend, if your brand is not properly positioned or strong, no one's going to buy anything that you're selling. So to me, brand and nailing that down in the first year is super important. And I think that there's a lot of traps that a lot of startups fall into in the first year. You know, one trap is a lot of us want to emulate basically like what's already working. So we look at our biggest competitor and we see what they're doing and basically copy some form of that approach when we're building our brand. The problem with that is no one likes to buy a fake Chanel bag, like copying it, copycatting someone is something that consumers can sniff from miles away and consumers really love authenticity right now. So To me, making sure that you don't fall into the trap of wanting to seem 
official of wanting to seem older than you are and wanting to get to that place of the brand looks like it's made it really taking a step back and really diving into who your customer is and understanding who they are and then using that as a jumping off point to create a brand that's really human you know you want a brand to basically flirt with your customer like your customer should be on the receiving end of whatever your brand is putting out there and saying oh my goodness like I feel like this brand is speaking to me. I feel like this brand is my best friend. They know exactly how I'm feeling when it comes to this product or service. So really making sure that you nail down the brand and really making chemistry and making it a lovable brand for that very specific customer that you're going after. Love it. Some great advice there. Any other traps that you want to share about? I think that another trap is DIYing a lot in the first like couple of years. I think that obviously hustling in the first year is super important and just um, getting as much done as possible to get get traction on the business. But mm-hmm. there's a time when that, that should flip. So this is where a lot of entrepreneurs mess up is they don't see when that flip is supposed to happen as far as like, yes, like in the first like, amount of time, you should be DIYing your business as much as possible to just get things going. But once you've hit some traction, you need to flip that DIY mentality and start thinking about how can I hire people that have a zone of genius when it comes to social media engagement, when it comes to email marketing, and really understanding that you as an individual, you're not going to have 10,000 hours acquired in knowledge when it comes to accounting and marketing and sales like that's just incredibly impossible for someone to have that knowledge base and and expertise in every single category so really making sure that you're aware of when you need to start delegating and bringing on experts even on a freelance basis to run the different parts of your business so that you can really excel very cool Sue, this is all really helpful. Again, this is geared towards people who are getting ready to start or maybe just really new in their business. And I feel like there's another piece of it. And I know that you're going to talk about that a lot too. It's like the personal growth part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So talk yeah, to us about I mean, that. Like what's needed to, you know, I, I think this falls into mindset, but even beyond mindset, it's like who you are as a person that's able to take on this new business journey. Yeah. So I've grown so much as a person by just being an entrepreneur. I think that, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're basically in a space of creation, you're creating things that are coming out of your brain. And therefore, you're in a space of being really vulnerable, where you're showing people, hey, this is the best I've got, and I'm showing it to you. And that's really scary, because you're giving people the opportunity to judge you and to tell you that what you're the best you've got isn't good enough. So being able to overcome that mentally and from a personal growth perspective takes a lot of guts. Like, so in order to grow as an entrepreneur, you also need to grow your personal um, development. Your business will not grow if you on a personal development level are stuck somewhere where you're super fearful about doing X, Y, and Z. You know, with a lot of women that I work with, a lot of fears, a common fear I see is just visibility. Like a lot of women are scared of being visible. So things like showing up on Instagram stories and doing 
camera facing, you know, video of them talking to their camera, like that's very, very scary for a lot of women. But the problem with that is that there's nothing that converts better from a sales perspective than video from the person that has created your product. And so that's something that a lot of women have to work on if they are really, really dedicated to the growth of their business. And, you know, obviously that fear of being visible comes from a very personal place that has nothing to do with business or the marketing books that you read in school. It has more to do with what happened to me as I, as I was growing up that told me that it's conceded for me to show up on camera on Instagram and think that anyone cares about what I have to say. Right. So there's all these like intersections that you will become aware of as you're growing as an entrepreneur of um, the reason why I don't want to do X, Y, and Z business thing has nothing to do with because I think it's a bad strategy. It's actually because I'm personally fearful of doing that thing because it requires me to be more vulnerable, requires me to face this specific fear I have, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, I totally agree. I teach visibility, so I hear that same thing all the time. And I also Mm -hmm. want to share that, you know, I've been in business for a few years. I've actually been in this online industry for, gosh, since 2008. So I've seen this happen over and over. And even as somebody who has been in it, who teaches it, even I sometimes am like, what am I doing? Nobody wants to hear this. You know, like, this is something everyone knows, like all those same fears come up. So it is not only in the startup phase, in my opinion, it actually is a continuous journey of personal growth and growing into every new level that you come across in your business. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, it all kind of connects back to being vulnerable and being vulnerable is one of the scariest things that you can practice and do that never really grows away. You just kind of grow with the challenge. For sure. Oh, good stuff. Awesome. I hope everyone's feeling excited and, you know, maybe even a little bit encouraged that you're not alone in anything that you're going through right now. And I'll, you know, maybe even more so like ready for it because you're new to business, you're starting, you're getting things going. And you've also listened to this episode. So you know what to avoid and what to focus on in order to just be a step ahead of the game. So I hope that you've been taking notes. I hope that you're excited to get started. There is in the show notes, a checklist that Sophia is sharing with all of us. Uh, You want to tell us about this business tune-up real quick, what they're going to be getting? Yeah. Yeah. So this checklist is for those of you who are, you know, in the first year of your business or so, and, you know, even like businesses that are in year two and year three have found this checklist useful. But this checklist is to basically let you know, are you on the right track? You know, a lot of questions I get from beginning entrepreneurs is that they're not quite sure if they're doing the right things, if they are seeing the results that they should be seeing in the first couple years of their business. So this checklist really helps you figure out if the results that you're seeing and the moves that you're making in your business is actually leading to something that is showing a lot of potential and growth? Or are you kind of in a place that's going in the wrong direction? And how can we course correct here? Very cool. So again, you can get that in the show notes as well as a link to connect with Sophia on social media and let her know that you heard the episode and are ready to get started the right way. 
Before we go, I always like to give our listeners an action step, something that they can go do today or this week at least that will put them in a better place, taking one step forward, not just listening to the information, but doing something about it. So what can you give us as an action step today? Yeah. So an action step that I would encourage people to take is to ask yourself, what is something right now that is really stressing you out or that you're fearful to take the next step on. And I want you to ask yourself the question, where does that fear come from? So for example, if you're really fearful right now to reach out to this person that you've been having to reach out to for a really long time, because it's going to help you close a sale. Why are you fearful of reaching out to that person? Where is that fear coming from? Is it a fear there's obviously no fear there from a business perspective. So obviously that's telling me that the fear is coming more from a personal perspective. Are you fearful that you're going to get rejected? Are you fearful that you're putting yourself out there and are being vulnerable? And therefore that's a level of exposure that you are really hesitant to take the next step on. So I want you to ask yourself that question of where's the fear coming from And then if you're feeling super brave, I want to take the next step of what can I do next in order to release that fear from me and get myself to a place where I can actually move forward with this scary thing I'm trying to tackle with full confidence and full speed. Awesome. Thanks. That's a great exercise. Sometimes we got to, not sometimes, most of the time, we got to do some inner work before it can show results on the outside. So I really encourage you to take this action. Even if you've been in business for a while, if you've been hanging out with us today, foundation is so important. And we talked a lot about foundation today and getting back to basics. So if you even revisit some of these things that we've talked about, get this checklist from Sophia, go through this action step that she just gave us, it can probably bring a lot of clarity to just clean up your business a little bit and again, up level to your next level as well. So I love that. Thank you so much, Sophia, for being here today. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your story. And I hope to see you again soon. And for everyone listening, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next Friday. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd love for you to write a review and share it. Also, be sure to connect with me in my Facebook group, Social Impact Squad, and follow me on Instagram at NiceGirlCEO. Hope you have an awesome day. Go take action in reaching your goals, and I'll see you next time.